Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What's going on, small business nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks Podcast. My name's Andrew. You guys know that. John is at home, sick today, poor guy. I uh, hope he feels better, but it's all good. We're here doing another episode. It's a lot of fun. Just letting you guys know, like I do every week, today's episode is brought to you by Wingman. Wingman's all-in-one marketing and sales automation software will help you streamline your communication, automate your processes, and grow your business. Check it out, trustyourwingman.com. All right, we've got a really, really fun episode lined up for you guys. And I like to kick these things off with an icebreaker. So let's do that. Let's kick it. Ice, icebreaker. All right, Danielle, this one is a little serious, but when was the last time you truly, truly stepped out of your comfort zone? Uh, oh, my. Um, I think every public speaking opportunity is <laughs> it's kind of, you know, do it in fear <laughs> yes. kind of moment. <laughs> I, would, I would have to agree. Uh, just recently, we were asked to lead like this four-hour marketing like seminar, which like I can deal with 30 minutes or 15 minute little like talking thing, but four hours was like, what am I a college professor? Like, I don't know what, I don't know if I could talk for four hours. And right. I literally, I was being so resistant. I told the team like, no way, there's not a chance. I'm not doing this. This is just not, not my thing. Right. And, um, they made me do it. They made me do it. And it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good time. And honestly, we ended up having a lot of like great relationships we made from the event and we got some new customers from it. So it was like, I'm glad I was pushed out of my comfort zone in that way, but it's, it's not easy. What about right. like you, what about really adventurous, like outside of like your business life and your personal life, what kind of uh, risks have you taken or outside of your comfort zone things there? Oh gosh. Um, I'm, I'm all about comfort. So anything that's like not within my <laughs> current, current realm of nerddom is definitely different for me. Um, finances, <laughs> having enough money yeah. to travel, things along those lines. Um, just in general, things that are just like not within my realm of genius. That's why I always feel like, uh, my oh, kids going yeah, back like... to school right now. So that's always a uh, moment. And we just have a yeah. lot of, a lot of moments where it's just kind of like uncertain, unsure, but we just kind of walk it out anyway. Yeah, you just roll, roll with the punches. Yeah, I've got I've got another one I'm about to have that I'm a little bit nervous about, which is I've always wanted to do like there these it's called this community called overlanding. You can Google it later if you want, but overlanding is like this kind of like off road camping, and they yeah. usually do it like on public land, and you do it very minimally. Um, and so I've done the RV life, like I lived in an RV, and that wasn't too bad, but it was pretty. I'm not gonna say bougie, but it was comfortable. Like I wasn't like you know living with nothing. <laughs> And so there's right. this big expo that it's called the Overland Expo, and they do it in like four different uh, states across the country. And the soonest one coming up is in uh, Loveland, Colorado, which is just north of Denver. Wow, and beautiful. And I've always wanted to go. Like I'm like, okay, that would be fun. Like there's all these adventure vehicles and adventure accessories, and you can kind of just learn about the lifestyle. And so I decided like last minute, I was like, let's take a road trip, me and my girlfriend. are going to take a road trip <laughs> to Colorado from Texas, and we're going to sleep <laughs> in our truck for like three days 
So like that's oh a little goodness. bit out of my comfort zone because like we're not going to know anybody. Like we, it's not like we have some community there of people we know. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> and, I, and to be honest with you, I'm not a road trip guy. Like I don't actually like being in the vehicle very long. But oh, man. I feel like with all the accessories and tech and gadgets, your boy right. will really like being in the vehicle. Cause, <laughs> right. Because I'm a nerd. Okay? I'm just a nerd. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm super pumped about that. But that the reason I asked that question was because that is something that's been like top of mind for me a lot lately is just like I realize how important it is to challenge yourself and having people around you that challenge you. And, mm-hmm. and I got to thinking one day, I, I was watching some type of documentary on Netflix. I think it was that guy that was doing the free climbing stuff, right? And I was like, oh. I was like, I don't, one, I will never do that. But two, <laughs> I was like, when, I, asked, I asked myself, I was like, when is the last time I stepped out of my own comfort zone? Like, when did I get so, like really, really uncomfortable to a point where I was mm-hmm. like, man, this is making me a better person. Like, this is making me a better human because like I'm doing things that are scary. Um, and so I, I wanted to just kick it off with that question because I think it's good for us to, I think it's good to have a reality check sometimes that maybe we're not pushing ourselves hard enough. Right. So, oh, I- you I know. have another one if you want a bonus a bonus yes, response for that bonus. one. Okay, yeah. so on an episode listening to the Christo podcast, he asked a question about raising how do you talk to an audience that's seeking for seeking you for advisory or how do you build your your thought authority in your space? And he literally asked a question that made me so mad. Like I was literally like literally bathing myself and mad. Like yeah. I couldn't understand <laughs> why. And Wait, why the question was you no know, Right, exactly. What <laughs> serious rage quits? I don't even do that on a, on an adult level, but this one made me do it. The question was literally like, you know, what would you say to your younger self? And for me, my younger self, I was already growing kids. I was very much, you know, independently on my own. I uh, yeah. was living very scarcely, and so to be able to talk to my younger self, I was like. I still love that girl, like that girl who was scrapping and was still trying to like, you know, find a way, uh, manage a way, upkeep for her family, all the things. I love that girl. So I don't know if I would give her any other advice to like reshape her thought process or reshape her thinking. We had to go through the things we need to go through so that we can come out on the other side greater. So that was like, it was a filibuster in my head. It really broke me for a whole second. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so that's so funny so it sounds like we might have similar a similar upbringing i was i was very sim, similar situation uh we lived in extreme poverty i i was like kind of like as a young kid already working to help take care of stuff in the household and like help my family mm-hmm. and i've i've actually thought about that myself and like i think i'm with you on that though it's like i don't think that i would be where i'm at today i don't think i would have the character that i have today if I didn't have some of those experiences, I don't wish right. those experiences on anybody like, and nor do I, right. I want that for my future kids. But like, I still think that it shaped who I am. And, and honestly, I think there's probably more kids on the opposite side of the spectrum that could probably use a little taste of that to create yes. a better, better perspective on mm-hmm. life. And because I, I see it all the time. I see, you know, I don't want to use the word privilege, but like seriously, privileged kids where it's just yeah. like, dude, you just don't like you just don't get like how good it is. Like good you have right. it. Like we we went and lined up at the pantry every Saturday to get our groceries for the week. Like right. it's different, different lifestyle, right? Yes. So it um, is. I'm I, I, I that's a good question though, because like it makes me really like think and go, okay, is there anything that I could have said that would have, you know, I don't know. I, maybe I would have been <clears throat> I probably would have been a little more patient. I probably would have been a little more respectful because I was, I did want more 
even as a kid, mm-hmm. like obviously I was working to get everybody something, but I was so focused on getting out of that situation that maybe yeah. I could have been more present in the moment, regardless of how sure. you know, like bad it was, you know, because yeah. I think to some extent I was just, you probably understand this, but some of it's just survival. Like you're just like, mm-hmm. that's right. Survival mode on clockwork. And then when yeah, you like do find it. a moment, when you do find that moment where you're like, okay, I don't have to be in survival mode anymore. Like it's kind of like off the cliff moment. Like, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so funny. I had an experience a couple years ago that really, it was sad for me. Um, I was at a party with some, some friends of mine from high school and we're all, obviously we're all much older than that now, but this one guy <laughs> came up to me and I was like, Hey, what's up, man. And I recognized him. He was like, man, you were a real jerk to me when we were in school. And I, and I never thought that about myself. Most people would say that I'm a pretty nice guy, but apparently whatever his experience with me had been was not yeah. the best version of myself. And there was definitely like, I remember my junior year in, in high school, we had our, our, uh, our mobile home foreclosed on us. We ended up moving into this really, really bad, like basically like, like HUD apartments, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of yeah. like living. And, um, and so I know in those, that junior and senior year for me, I was like, I was like mm-hmm. kind of a jerk. I know I was probably a jerk, but I was not because I was intentionally being mean to people. It was just because I was like, I had a wall in yeah. front of me. I was just like, right. What? Like you, it's like my life is already this big and then it was stripped even further down. It's like, God, right. like I was sleeping on a buddy's, a buddy's floor for like a good several months until we could kind of like get back on our feet. I don't know. Just, yeah. it's, it's amazing to be able to share these experiences with people though, because I think that there is so much that, you know, yourself and I have been able to accomplish because of that. Yes, Chris, absolutely. Chris, totally relate to being on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, like, got, I've got to do a, you, you get that life. <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> I oh, do. I do. Man. I do. Uh, six months pregnant, sleeping on the floor for three months. Like oh, definitely like have been through some moments where it's just like, we got to figure it out. Um, you know, raising, being pregnant, raising a toddler in a one bedroom, 500 square foot apartment, like figuring out life and then building your empire from there. Right. Like and then the only way to go and, is up. And try and trying to stay connected with the people that you care about. Like, Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that still to this day, I'm really bad at that. If you've got advice around that, or if any of our listeners do, I'll take advice. I am still so motivated by money and success because of how I grew up that sometimes I lose sight of still what's around me, like like oh, sure. where I'm at and like what people are like, oh man, you're doing so good. And I'm like, no, this is still so bad because like, I still feel like that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but like, it's just like, I still feel like I don't have anything, like, even though I know that that's not necessarily the truth. And so uh, I've had a, tr- a a hard time staying, like, even with my mom, like, I feel so bad. I don't call my mom nearly as often as I should. And it's because I'm just so focused on building right. the thing, building the thing, work, yeah. making money, growing. And it's like, dude, your mom's not going to be around here forever. Like, you've got to check, like, check into reality for a second, because you're going to yes. regret all of those moments. But like, I don't have advice around this. Just like it's a real, str- it's a real struggle. Okay. It, I totally struggle. relate. I think what has been a pivoting point for me was moving away from the things and focusing on, on the people. And that's kind of like my, my constant, you know, therapy session for myself. Am I creating for the impact of myself or am I creating for the impact of others? And then that kind of shifts my, my mindset mm-hmm. in a lot of areas. And it kind of, you know, yeah, call mom and yeah, call my sister and yeah, make sure that we do more family things because that helps kind of pivot the 
emotional impact point for our lives. And that really kind of also encourages us to work harder, right? At our desk, it encourages uh, a level of passion um, that we want to have toward the things that we output for, whatever that may be, whether it's, you know, web design, graphic design, any level of marketing. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I think that it also reminds us of why we probably started that in the first place. Like, I know that for me, it was like, oh, I'm going to grow up and be rich and take care of my mom, my sister, and everyone's going to have big houses. And that was like always like this, this dream, right? Like, I'm going to do that. And now I'm like, how do I afford my rent? Like, how am I going to pay my mortgage? Like, just like, dang, like life is hard, you know? But but I think it's nice to, I think it's nice to be reminded why we started doing what we did in the first place. Because like you said, you find new motivation, new, new drive. And like, that's Mm -hmm. as creatives, especially, you know, I think both of us can speak to this, like sometimes those creative ruts are like the worst to get out of because we're yeah. constantly on, you know, we're constantly having to be <laughs> right. on. And like, so, <laughs> all right, well, let's do a formal introduction. Danielle is the owner of Octane Design Studios. It's a 12-year-old branding and identity firm based in the heart of the bluegrass, Kentucky. Danielle is a podcaster, a wife, a mom of three, a lover of rustic cuisine, love that. And she's got 13 years of marketing and multimedia agency experience. She's a grassroots developer and curator, helping brand and launch over 100 local businesses across America. She is an advocate for non-traditional education, leading online meetups and workshops for do-it-yourself marketing. And I'm so excited to have you on the show today. So again, thank you for being here with me. Thank you. So I guess now that we're, we're, we're done reminiscing about our childhoods, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's take it back to your business a little bit. So can you tell me about your journey in starting Octane Design Studios and kind of how you became a grassroots developer and curator in the first place? Absolutely. So this came from a, a blend of two things. I love stories. So um, I knew that I wanted to find a way to help share and curate more stories for people. The other part of that was from a need, right? A need for myself to sustain my family. We talked a little bit about, you know, yeah. having to start from this point of a one bedroom apartment with pregnant with a toddler at my hip. I had to figure out really quickly <laughs> um, what I wanted to do and how to stick to it. Um, the other part of that was kind of also shutting, c- kind of shutting out the naysayers, the echo chambers that have told me as a woman of color, as a woman, period, that you can't do that. And uh, I, have, I have a really stubborn streak as a third, a third generation entrepreneur. I have seen many people tell many of people that are my family, no, no, thank you. We'll pass. Um, but it got greater later. And I think that was my blueprint for me to go out on my own and really create my my own space. Um, as you know, in the realm of technology, there are very few women in skirts. There are very few women out there. And so I knew that I could kind of create a space um, for myself that's from myself for my people. And so that was something, too, that I was really passionate about from the get-go. So that kind of got the wheels turning for where I wanted to go with starting with nonprofits, um, creating logos, um, doing a lot of brand identity projects, things along those lines. And then slowly but surely, the money started kind of uh, trickling in a little bit higher. (laughs) And I was like, I can do more than just nonprofits. Let's go corporate. So we did a couple of those projects as well. And that really kind of set the bar for how Octane wanted to to begin. That's, That's so cool. So uh, are there any like memorable projects or clients that you've worked with that just like really stand out in your head as like, oh, I'm so glad I got to have that opportunity? 
Oh, yeah. We love festivals. We love nonprofits. One of my favorite nonprofits, uh, Carrington's Hearts, a nonprofit for kids and families affected by congenital heart disease, which is the number one birth defect in America. So I got to personally meet um, and curate my life, uh, if, so to speak, around these kids and their families that every day are like everyday heroes. And so I pitched this idea to the nonprofit when they were doing this annual walk or run. I said, you know what? These are superheroes. What if we made this a superhero themed event? And since then, 10 years later, <laughs> we have an annual Wild Hearts Fun Run Superhero 5K, 10K event. And it is huge. It's large. Every year it gets bigger. And these wonderful cosplayers, comics, all the things that I love are thrown into the branding of this particular event that benefits kids statewide um, to support them in their endeavors to keep being strong, keep being amazing heroes every single day. That is that sounds like a lot of fun. I should dress up as some type of superhero and get out there. That sounds like a blast. And I'm sure the kids absolutely love it. Oh, man, they're floored when they see their superhero walk down these amazing like hills of, of Keeneland, when they see these parents, you know, arm in arm with people they probably didn't even know, but they're connected because they're CHD parents. Um, seeing that type of camaraderie and community is something that really kind of affects me and actually really empowers me to keep designing, keep keep creating for impact. But it also encourages me to level up my skill sets, try something new, be inventive, Um all those type of things help kind of spur those moments. That's that's a lot of fun. So you have obviously got a lot of hobbies. You're a podcaster. Clearly, you're a mom of th <laughs> three kids, right? Yeah, three boys. Three, oh, dang. That See, like that's like basically double. So like you've got six kids because they're just like <laughs> rambunctious, I'm sure. And then you've got yeah, a ton of other interests. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another kid <laughs> at the house, right? So how do you balance your personal life? with the demands of running an agency as well? Uh, clear boundaries. Clearly, that's a big one. Our youngest is three years old. Our oldest is 16. So we've Ooh. got a span of life. Um, that, <laughs> <laughs> right. We kind of started over at the end. Um, yeah. So it's, it's one of those situations where we just have to kind of set some firm boundaries where I literally tell them, hey, like, these are my working hours. I tell my kids, these are my office hours. This is where I work. Don't disturb mom during this time. Um, if yeah. I'm joining on a podcast, hey, I'm on a podcast. You guys know the drill. Someone hold down the toddler. We're going to mom's closing the door. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think it's routine, consistency, all those type of things have helped kind of separate business from from play and, and family life. But at the same time, I also incorporate those same beliefs on both sides. We believe in the strategy of play. My family, are retro, we're retro gamers. We love the fact that we can play at the arcade and still play at the arcade at work. Like, it's still one of those situations where I'm able to take the foundations of what we learned through strategy and teach my kids, you know, the, the advantageous, you know, iconic theme of you can use the strategy in real life. You don't have to just play the game, play the game of life. That's so, so cool. I, whenever you said like office hours and you said three-year-old, I didn't understand how those two could go together because my sister actually works for me. She's a virtual employee for our company and she's got same kind of range. She's got a 16-year-old, about to be 18-year-old and a three-year-old. And wow. she's having the hardest time keeping that three-year-old like just like, hey, you do this while I'm trying to work because she's just like <laughs> wanting to be, she's just wanting to be in it, you know? 
So uh, that's that's pretty fun. The, I'm sure the older kids are annoyed for the hour that you have to be on a podcast because they're just like, really, oh my mom, goodness. we really have to keep up with this kid. One more time. One more time. <laughs> I, I used to joke and tell them, like, big money. Think big money. <laughs> big money. Exactly. Do, do you homeschool or are they public school? Public school. Public school. So at least yes. you got some some like reprieve from them during the the school season right <laughs> yes this is what i'm longing for like it's back to school and everyone's like ah back to school but to me i'm like yeah doing the, doing the moonwalk yeah, like do i'm it. doing all the things let's, do let's, let's go like <laughs> that's awesome so there's this hashtag i saw as i was reading your bio and it's also the name of your podcast which is more than graphics hashtag more than graphics which has really become from what i can see a life principle for you can you talk to us about how that principle has transformed the way you approach work, interactions, life, all of that? Absolutely. So originally this was a compliment. Someone, <laughs> a friend had shared, hey, Daniel, you're so much more than graphics. Like, you, I know you do graphics, but you're so much more than that. You give me support here, here, and here. And I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, and wow. it, it didn't really fan <laughs> on me that, you know, I could use it as a marketing tool. And then once I began using it as a marketing tool, it went a little bit deeper, um, so when I started my podcast, More Than Graphics podcast, I never thought in a million years it would be where it is right now. Um, the growth, the co-host, things along those lines, this mantra that I can be more than just a graphic designer um, became more than a compliment. It really did become like a life principle. I can be more than my name badge. I can be more than the hours that I work. I can be um, more of the human um, and less of the robotic functions that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes, I can be uh, amazing at graphic design. Yes, I can be amazing at web, but I can also be really good at just being a mom. I can be really good yeah. at just cooking lasagna. I can be really good yeah, at, at just lasagna. wearing like <laughs> wearing whatever the hell I want to wear like that. All that yeah. stuff. Um, that's really where um, this podcast really started from that place of just naturally letting our hair down for women in tech and creative women. That is I, I love that for you. So I want to do like a real plug here for your podcast. So Tell me who's the audience, like who listens to the show, who should listen to the show, what kind of topics do you guys get into? Because when I saw the name, I was like, okay, like this sounds like something I'd be into, but I would love to hear a little bit more from you. Like who's the podcast intended for? It's intended for women. Um, it's co-hosted by women of color, but it's really intended for all women within those tech and creative industries. So believe it or not, our top listenership still is men, believe it or not. So funny. Um, so, <laughs> I think it's really interesting that uh, it's right neck and neck. Like it's really kind of cool. 50-50. Uh, a lot of guys want to stay in tune to what women in tech industries are really thinking. And I think for women, this is, again, a safe virtual space um, for them to kind of really listen in, tune in and give feedback toward each other. So most of our guests are um, like educational tech industry, um, thought leaders, things along those lines. And a lot of our a lot of our audience, believe it or not, are right in that kind of field, but they're just looking for more of that inspiration, um, the educational elements, things along those lines. We've had some pretty renowned um, guests on the show, everything from Kimberly Bryant to um, just up and coming tech leaders who are just starting their businesses and making those first six figures. So I think it's really important that this platform continue to kind of inspire and educate and uplift each other. So whether you're on the male side or you're on the female side, I feel like it, it helps the community grow and think deeper about the intention of purpose in this platform. All right, ladies, check it out. Guys, I guess you're welcome to. There's 50%. <laughs> y'all are there. I guess y'all just be sneaking around listening to stuff that doesn't matter to you. Ladies, this They'd is for you, okay? <laughs> Get out of here. You don't even comment. You don't even leave reviews. Come on. What's wrong? 
get out there. So education right. seems like something you're really passionate about, specifically like non-traditional education. So I know that you're doing like online meetups and workshops for do-it-yourself marketing. You know, what inspired you to kind of take that educator role? Well, I'll give you a second if you what, need it, Danielle. Yep, I got it. I got it. Um, what has really inspired more so on the education level? It. It's real. It's uh, real we life. did. We uh, kind of we're a cursor. Someone got through the wall. Um, That's right. <laughs> um, so roughly educationally, like I'm a huge educate. I'm a huge education person, but at the same time, I'm all about the non-traditional aspects. So as much as I say, yes, I came from, for your institution, I came from a traditional background, but as I grew in my element, I realized there were so many people who just didn't have the opportunity or the access that I could pass down to, to them. So for me, again, going back to the root of my purpose, you know, helping my people, what does my people look like? That's the nerds, that's the freaks, that's the people who have been like the introverted person that they can't seem to find a niche or a tribe in. And so I continue to use that through MTGs, through Octane, um, through Q1. So this is my non-traditional platform talking about Q1 essentials. It's literally like a little three-month cohort. We just tell people like, this is where you meet your your geekdom and your education like meet together, like fuse in this little space. And so um, this year we do different themes. This year's theme is choose your adventure, which is all about giving you a specific plateau where you can choose, hey, I'm going to focus only on web. I'm going to focus on graphic. Maybe I'll focus on podcasting. And the Q1 team is my staff. So it's really kind of cool to be able to have this level of representation of strong kick-ass women from, from seven women from across five countries in one space to teach you all about digital marketing. I'm sold. And we're talking about video games? Yeah. Say less. Yeah, it's, it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds like fun. Yeah, I was on the website and I was like, oh, this is this is nerdy in a good way. Like, this is like the kind of nerd you want to, you want to drop into that. This is really cool. So what led you to structure it this way? And like, what kind of outcomes do you hope your participants are going to achieve from from being a part of Q1 Essentials? Absolutely. So this is really designed for the um, early entrepreneur, um, small businesses and nonprofits who don't have a deep marketing department or no marketing department at all. This is really aimed for those who are just curious and wanting to know more about how they can enhance their own digital marketing. We intentionally curate it now, November through January, so they literally start Q1 um, with all of this knowledge and all the resources that we provide. And I'm really excited also because within Q1, we tell people all the time, like, you're going to get more, obviously, hashtag more than graphics. But at the end of it all, there is this like deep camaraderie. We have like alum from 2020 that come back and say, you know what, this was so cool. I'm going to encourage, you know, my next my next five friends um, to really kind of come back and enjoy this, not only because of the courses and the things that you do, but because of the camaraderie, the community, the um, level of one to one intention um, for helping someone to kind of develop their marketing plan or even some general ideas um, to kind of get them through 2024 or the next year. That's amazing. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of people in that category, especially like in the nonprofit community. We talked a little bit before we started recording that like nonprofit organizations is a like a sector both of us love to support and again mm -hmm. i think that's probably rooted in the way we grew up right yeah um and so um i think it's really amazing that you've kind of created a resource for them we, we've actually been talking about that a lot internally too in our our own agency is like how much free content can we just put out in the nonprofit space like non-prop like podcasting for nonprofits and social mm -hmm. media for nonprofits because they're the organization that call us probably the most and then unfortunately we can't serve them very often because like they just don't have 
the budget, right? Right. Um, and so it's like, man, I, I feel like there's a huge need to support those people because they're at the end of the day, like they're probably making the greatest impact, you know, in our, in our country, in our communities. And meanwhile, the people that are getting served the most are the corporations that have all the money and have all the resources. And it's like, well, this kind of sucks. Like this seems a little backwards, right? So uh, right. I think it's really amazing. I think it's amazing that you're doing all of that. So did that, did Q1 Essentials, is that what sparked the launch of Kentucky Creatives or was that something else that kind of brought that to you? I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, it's something separate. And I think this is like our own internal hub of just creatives and creative building. So originally I was a part of a group called Kentucky Bloggers and it was um, led by my friend Aisha. And she literally kind of went through a phase where it was dying out and she wanted to hand it off to someone who would kind of pick it back up with this vision of being a membership and having this strong community and actually working with Kentucky brands and small businesses with Kentucky influencers and putting them all together in this like network community. Well, eventually she kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, I think you might be a good fit for this. If you want it, take it. And that was kind of a point for me where I was like, do I want to take on one more thing or <laughs> do I want, and yes, she should I take on? Yes. That's the bigger question. And lo and behold, I ended up picking it up and just really kind of restructuring, rebranding all the things. And now it's one of the largest influencer Kentucky groups ever. And that's I'm so, so cool. proud that the fact that this is a, a hub, a community of people who just want to grow in the craft we gladly welcome newbies that want to learn more about influencer marketing or maybe just getting started. But then we also bring in, you know, some of these bigger names and some of these bigger influencers with much bigger numbers um, to kind of help trickle down some information and just encourage and inspire each other to keep going and keep connecting with brands that are local. So we're all kind of stronger so together. Um, so the cool. theme for Kentucky creatives is the Edison bulb because we know, you know, big O Ed loved being around yep. Kentucky. And so we all, we kind of have this theme of, you know, we shine brighter together knowing that oh, um, yeah. one light bulb is not enough light, but when one, two or three or five or six lights shine together, we all shine bright. And so I just feel like that's a good lead for people who are looking to find their tribe. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. And I mean, I, I can only imagine what kind of impact that that's going to have on not only like the community of creatives, but even more so like the brands and the businesses that are within Kentucky, because mm -hmm. I feel like everyone has like their person that like, oh yeah, my cousin has a blog and you know, my, <laughs> my friend, my friend is a social guy, you know, like they do that twi Twitter stuff, you know, like you, know, you hear that kind of stuff and it's like, what better than a community where people in the, in the community and in the city can say like, oh, like there's this organization, this group of people who are the creative people in our community, like go there. Yeah. Like if you're looking for something for that, go there. And I think that's, it's amazing for both groups of people. It's great for the creatives because it like is a platform for them to get discovered and mm -hmm. like come up with new projects and build brands. And then for the businesses, they get a whole group of creatives that can, again, shine brighter together. Like Maybe you don't need just one influencer. Maybe you need a group of 10 micro influencers that can really make a, right. a greater impact. Ooh, that's it. That. That's it. That's absolutely yeah. it. <laughs> to, I need your blueprint so I can bring that down here to Texas creatives. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's just I'm tell down. me what to do. Tell me what to do. You can make it a franchise. All right. Like this is how we do business. All right. <laughs> Texas creatives. Oh, oh man. Here You're we like, go. Texascreatives.com. Let's go. <laughs> we're, we're going worldwide. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, that's so amazing. So you've obviously got a love. You mentioned this in your bio. You've got a love for rustic Italian cuisine. You've got chai. You've got cosplay. You've got 
live MMA, which we didn't even talk about that yet, but you've got like a diverse like range of interest. How do you feel like those are contributing to your creative process and your overall mindset when working with clients? Oh man, I think it, it really affects scale. I think that's one of the biggest things that I love the fact that I'm able to have these types of favorite things, right? My favorite things are, you know, food. I love sci-fi that kind of opens up a lot of creative possibilities, but then you throw MMA in there. And it's like, how did that come to be? Um, So one of my former jobs was I was a media director for a regional MMA promotions company and they would put on these live MMA shows um, in downtown Lexington. And I would add a camera crew. Right. You see the little guys in the cage that are holding up the cameras and, you know, the people that are running, singing the national anthem before the shows, like all the things. Um, That was my job. My job was to run that crew. And so when I look at, you know, things like like, you know, UFC, we look at um, all these other other MMA promotional companies. Um, I didn't want to mention all the other ones. I just want to focus on UFC. Hi. Um, So I think it's really interesting that. I come from that background of understanding how things work. So knowing how the camera is supposed to be, understanding exactly cues for certain things, um, knowing the mechanics behind the media was what I fell in love with. And MMA just happened to be that portal for me um, to get that done. But I'm a huge fan. Um, I could talk about all the fighters all day long um, that are in the UFC roster, but there's, it's just one of those things that has grown with me over time. Um, my husband and I really fell in love through MMA. So that was something too, that was kind of a bonding tie for us. Um, and now our fa- our kids, you know, it's like, you know, on Saturday nights, our kids and our family, they're hanging out like old days, like when boxing was out, you know, when boxing was a big, big thing, not to say that it's not now because it still is, but it is it's good. one of the situations <laughs> where you grew up with your grandparents yelling and screaming at the TV with all your cousins yeah. and, the, and the grills going, all, all the nostalgia of community. That's what MMA brings for me. And so we have those moments still amongst our family. And it's one of those things that continues to bind us and it continues to bind the way that I want to be creative through, through that's so cool it's so funny too because like on first look on paper it's like well this is which of these doesn't belong right like yeah, right. what what <laughs> what feels feels opposite to everything else but like you you brought up the boxing and it like just brought like a vivid childhood memory my best friend across the street from me growing up his name is basil like the like the herb basil <laughs> and uh, his dad was a huge boxing fan and i would go to his house whenever i was a kid and their tiny little house. And I would sit on the bunk bed. His dad was on the bottom bunk bed. Basil was on the top bunk bed. And we would just sit there and watch boxing with his dad. And uh, so I can see certainly how like that boxing community and camaraderie and like the fans back then, you know, 30 years ago, certainly has evolved into like what MMA and the UFC and things like that are now. I mean, shoot, there was probably even a time in your life. I can, I can say for myself, like when WWF and WWE were like, Oh, yeah. So, so huge. Right. Huge. And like that, like was our next evolution, but that wasn't like real fighting. It was like this, you know, hybrid entertainment fighting. Right. Where like the MMA, I guess you could say is the same, you know, with the fighters like, you know, when Jake Paul and some of these guys like that come out and you're like, are you even a fighter? Or are you just like <laughs> getting, getting like getting paid? Right. Like it's hard to like have it bled. A- right. Like that know, whole just feels- entertainment part has really bled over into this genre. Yes. But I mean, in the very beginning, it was just being honorable with your skills, being able to you yes. know compare skill on against skill. And I yeah. love the fact that, you know, MMA still honors that on that level when we talk about UFC or any of the other MMA promotional companies. But I do appreciate now 
even still the different the big difference between WWE and US and MMA is you know it's real it's it's here to take you oh, out yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah it will be real blood okay buddy right um, <laughs> um I feel like this conversation can go in so many angles but I I want to at least ask you this because I I would say that one of our biggest services as an agency over the last decade has been branding and I know that that's something that you know you you as well really thrive in what kind of approach do you take to a branding project because i feel like branding is different to so many people like some people say the Mm -hmm. word branding and they just mean logo design but you and i know that just like your little (laughs) more than graphics like branding is way more than just like a graphical interpretation of what your brand should be but I, i wanted to just hear a little bit from you about like how you approach branding and what does branding mean to you Absolutely. So obviously branding is more than a logo. (laughs) It is definitely, we're going to go into this more than, so um, it's more than a logo. Um, It definitely is more than just a tag phrase. It's really about wrapping your head around a feeling. Um, And I think what I really want to kind of get out in and around branding is the level of education. That's something that's super important to us just as much as it is for the the client. So with all of our sessions, we always include this level of um, brain messaging, a brain messaging workshop. We always include that with every single service. Even if you ask us just for a logo, we're going to go there because we believe in the fact that understanding the educational element of putting together a piece of anything, there is no pretty without function. And so that's something I always encourage people, and I don't care how pretty it is, um, if it doesn't function for the purpose that you need it for, it's dead space, it's dead weight, it's holding you down. So um, we always believe, again, in that strategy of play. you got to have a strong playbook in order before you can even play, right? Um, on the team, if you're in a football, if you're on basketball, any type of sport-related thing, you need to have a plan before you actually get on the field or before you start um, working out or developing whatever that plan is. So it's really important for people to know up front, like, I can create you a logo, no problem. But if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just spinning my wheels. And so our time is precious. Our energy is precious. So we vet... A lot of our clientele, we, it used to be in a way like when you're you know, up and coming in the industry, I'll take whatever, I'll nickel and dime, yeah. you know, we'll do whatever we can get. But now we're in a season where it's like, no, we decide who we want to align with. And that's really based upon that very principle. Um, are you willing to be molded? Are you willing to be educated in order to move forward in this process? Yeah, that's, that's something that like I've, I'm trying harder and harder every day to like accomplish is that same mindset and we're, we're we've certainly gotten better i mean we've been doing this since 2013 so 10 years and it's like of course we're not where we were at 2013 years ago or, or 2013 where i was like i'll do whatever <laughs> for whatever right. right like you got a bag of ramen you get a logo okay like this is about to be an even swap <laughs> okay so i i definitely i definitely am not there anymore I still feel like I'll give you a good example. I was in a meeting the other day. I'm obviously not going to mention the name, but it was a, a potential prospect. And I basically agreed to what they wanted. And I was like, as soon as I, as soon as I left, it was like buyer's remorse. I was like, honestly, oh. like, I was like, that that's not a good fit for us. It's not a good use for our mm-hmm. time. It's not, it doesn't align with where we're heading and our, our like brand vision and where we want to go. It's right. just a distraction from our, our core focus. And I like how you talked about the fact that like, you've got to have like meaning to like your brand. Like you talk about like brand identity and people immediately think about like, you know, collateral and letterhead. And it's like, no, like when you think about yourself and your own personal identity, it's not about some business card that has your name on it with a pretty font. It's about who are you? 
who mm-hmm. is Andrew? Who is Danielle? Like, who are we as humans? Like, what are our core beliefs, our principles? What do we want out of life? Who do we support? Who do we surround ourselves by? Like, that is the same interpretation brands need to consider when they're branding themselves. Mm-hmm. What? Do, how do people interpret them? How, like, what are their core values? Like, what, what are your unwavering principles that you will always stand by and you will take to your grave regardless of how the media or how people twist your your, your feelings? It doesn't matter. Like, who are you? And what are you going to be? And like, that was the thing for me when I left that meeting the other day, I was just like, dang, like it wasn't that it was like challenging my, you know, principles, but it certainly wasn't aligned with where we're headed, you know? And it was just like, right. Man, it's dead weight. It's dead weight. Like you mentioned, like, it's just something holding me back from reaching mm-hmm. my true potential. Somebody told me something pretty profound the other day that I took a second to like fully like gra- grasp, but they said, mm-hmm. Andrew, you're the water, not the glass. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And they were like, you're trying to conform to everything that everyone else wants. And they were like, it's amazing that you have that innate ability to do that and that you're capable of it, but it's not allowing you to provide this like rigid framework of who you are and what you're going to do. And I was like, Oh, you're kind of right. Like this, like, Oh, that (laughs) kind of hurts. Right. Right. It's like, and and it is hard as creative people. Like we have this, like, an you know innovative mindset of like ooh this idea ooh that idea but it, sometimes we're so pulled in so many diff- different directions trying to chase these ideas mm-hmm. that we're not growing and we're not pouring our hearts and souls and resources into the one thing that really could have the greatest impact and if you did that it could support the growth of all of the other things right, right? exactly like, it goes back to our early conversation it's like sometimes we lose sight of what's right here in front of us because we're distracted by like what's to the left and right. Like, ooh, that pasture is greener. Ooh, that pasture is greener. It's like, dude, just take a moment to like, like, <laughs> ah, it just bugs me. Like, just take, can, like, take care of what you've got. Like, if you're mm-hmm. a farmer and you're trying to, you know, grow 10 gardens at the same time, instead of just like sowing into what you already have here and nurturing it, right. none, none right. of these gardens are going to be good or they're all going to be half half-ass, you know, bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about, like you said, nurturing. It's really coming to a level of fight or flight, right? Do we want to fight just to stay where we are, fight for my values, fight for the things that matter, or do I want to flight because it's, it's too much work. It's too hard. Um, The investment is too, is, is greater than the amount of energy that I want to put into it. And those are not easy questions to answer. It's not a yes or no all the time. It's not a black or white. Um, So just kind of keep that, those hills in mind. We definitely uh, like to think of it as an avatar for customers. Sometimes for women, we say, okay, let's make this a dress. What's the dress? What's she wearing? What's this brand look like? What kind of, is she wearing chucks? She wearing stilettos? What's she doing? Um, And we kind of build brands in that way for dudes. We do shoes, dude. What are you wearing? What's the shoe look like? Is it, you know, is it a converse? Is it a chuck? Like, what is this looking like? And I think it kind of visually helps represent like what this brand stands for. You know, if it's a really bold company, we want to use bold colors. If it's something that's um, a little bit softer, we want to use softer colors. If she's, you know, really loud, if she talks like she's from, from the hood or she's talking like she's from, you know, Bel Air, what is she, what are we talking about? Um, yeah. You know, how does this represent our brand? So thinking of it in those visual contexts really helps a lot of people better understand what branding is um, versus just building a logo or, or building pretty graphics. Yeah, that's, that's such great advice. I mean, what, what are some of those like unexpected or the biggest challenges you've faced when working with brands to do a branding job or a logo design project? Like what are some things that you're just like, why, like, why, why did that? <laughs> why? <laughs> Short answer, scope creep. 
Um, that would yeah. be, <laughs> that's the biggest one. We I say, hey, that. we're set out to do ABC. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, here's D and E and F. And I'm just kind of like, mm, but we said only ABC. So we're going to stick to A, B, and C. And here's the bill if you want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These I other happy things. to do all the other things for this small phenomenal price. That's you right. Know, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what? What are some of the goals that you have for Octane Design Studios, your podcast, some of the other ventures you're working on? What What is your like big vision for everything? Um, really, it's just to create the impact. That's what it really comes down to for me. I've been to places where it's you know growing for the dollar, growing for the stat, glowing you know growing in that way. But I think for me, it really still comes down to just being uh, an earnest human, which is I just want to see impact and growth for my tribe. I just want to see impact and growth for women. I just want to see impact and growth for people of color, um, for people who are just starting their business in their first or second or third year. You know, how can I grow um, using the elements and things that we provide? And I think for me, it's all about the generational wealth. You know, again, being a third generation entrepreneur, knowing that my grandparents had to face a lot higher um, issues, walls, um, knows and to be in a place now where we're in 2023 there's a lot less walls walls still there but definitely yeah. less of them um, I can do more I can impact more so I think that's what spurs me and encourages me to keep you know building um, in and around octane but big dreams is just really create as much deep impact as I can for as many of my people that's amazing so given your impressive background what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs who are looking to establish their own creative ventures or podcast while I'll add this because I think this is important based on your experience, juggling multiple passions and responsibilities. Um, my favorite quote is life is more like Tetris and less like Mario. And so I give this to my kids all the time. I give it to people who look up to me for a mentorship. Um, and I think it's really important that we align ourselves with understanding that life isn't about just scraping through the level just to get to the flag to save the princess. It's about strategically putting the blocks in place so that you can level up to be whatever you dream to be. That's a really, that is a really, really profound quote. And and who better to come from than our resident nerd here on the podcast today <laughs> in the best way possible, Danielle. I have absolutely enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I, I'm honored that we got to laugh and share some personal personal experiences from our childhood. I think what you're doing is really amazing, but we have to end this thing off somewhere or we'll be on here all day. And we know that that three-year-old can't hang on that long. So we're going to end <laughs> it up with a business. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up with one of our hacks, okay? Okay, so here's the question for you. For individuals who are inspired by your story and the principle of being more than just the graphics, what actionable steps or business growth hack would you recommend that they take to incorporate this mindset into their own creative endeavors? Consistency. Whatever you do, stay consistent. And I don't mean every single day. It's just one thing at a time. Um, that would be my ultimate business hack for anyone. I love it. I love it. Uh, again, I am so honored to have had you on the show today. This has been a fun story. We laughed. We didn't cry. We could have cried. I'm sure that <laughs> it was we were we had the three year old. He cried. He joined yes. us to take care of that part. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Why don't you tell our listeners how they can support you, where they can find you, follow you, all that fun stuff. 
Oh, man. Find us on the gram at Octane Designs with an S. Definitely check out our website at LexOctane.com. And of course, MTGThePodcast.com for all things more than graphics. Nice. Check out the podcast, ladies. Again, guys, you're welcome to. But ladies, <laughs> that's the show for you. Everybody, if you're listening in Kentucky, I don't know if we have Kentucky listeners, but if you're in Kentucky or you're close by, make sure to check out her community for the nonprofits and solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. Make sure to check out her community as well online. Q1 Essentials. Essentials. Check that out. It's amazing. Yeah. She's got some really cool stuff going. So check that out. We'll put all of the links in the show notes. Make sure if you liked the episode, share it with a friend. Leave us a review. We don't know if you like the show. We can't tell because we can't hear from you like this. You got to tell us in the reviews. Uh, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to listen to podcasts while you're driving in the car. We love you guys. Thanks for coming in and tuning in every single week. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.